Hi, this is General Brian Paddle, and you are listening to Words of Life. Hi, I'm Chris Benjamin, the producer for the Salvation Army's Words of Life. A few weeks ago, Bernie Dake and Salvation Army officer Lieutenant Colonel Alan Satterley had the honor to sit down with the General of the Salvation Army, General Brian Peddle. He joined us to discuss some of the Salvation Army's current opportunities, challenges, and successes. To learn more about the Salvation Army's work worldwide, visit SalvationArmy.org. Welcome back to Words of Life, everybody. We are so excited to have the international leader of the Salvation Army here in the USA Southern Territory. General Peddle, welcome. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here. We're excited to introduce you to our editor-in-chief of the publications here. His name is Lieutenant Colonel Alan Satterley. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. Well, General, it's our honor to have you with us today. And as as Bernie has said, uh, we do have some questions. the first question we want to ask you is, how has COVID impacted the worldwide work of the Salvation Army? Uh, I've got to start with um, what I refer to as a, a personal lament. Mm. Um, impact is often borne out in the context of what you either gain or lose. And the Salvation Army has lost some things through COVID. But the most incredible one for me is that I've lost in excess of 120 active officers. Wow. Uh, many of your listeners will know that when an officer's commission, there's a silver star that's issued uh, to mentors and parents. When an active officer dies, we replace that star with a gold star. Uh. And we have never in the last decades had to replace so many silver stars. And that's still happening. And that does not acknowledge the uh, impact on our our soldiery and our employees during this time of COVID. So the first impact I would want to acknowledge is that we lament and grieve Mm. with the pain and suffering that COVID has caused. Mm. I think for the uh, International Salvation Army, the Salvation Army has weathered this storm so far, so very, very well. Mm. And I put that down to the resilience of our people, quite frankly. Uh, some people don't realize that we go home and our work goes home with us. We, we yeah. look after literally millions of people in institutional realities in boarding schools for for hundreds and thousands of children, um, mm. homes for, for vulnerable children and so on. We, we couldn't stop doing these things during COVID. Mm. So, so we, have, we have seen the resilience of our people. We have seen our teachers teach when there's no guarantee of salary. We've seen people front up without uh, all of the normal amenities of life available to them. And in that context, there was always the sense of personal risk. Mm. We are an army of salvation, Mm -hmm. and right at the heart of loss and challenge and and difficulty, we need God. Amen. And the army has stood fast, I believe, around the world. Amen. A follow-up question with that is, is there any one lesson that we've learned from COVID? 
One lesson, uh, that would be hard for me to articulate because I think the lessons have been very situational. What we have learned in, in the continent uh, of India or Africa w would vary. Uh, for instance, in India, we've found a new courage. We, we are not in India as the most favored of all peoples. We are faith-based in a non-faith-based environment. Yeah. And sometimes our, <laughs> our governments there don't look at us uh, with great value. Mm. Uh, but in this time, uh, we have several hospitals across India, as many would know. And to have the government officials come to us and say, can we use a McRobert Hospital as a, as a COVID hospital is like, thank you, Lord. There's yeah. a silver lining yeah. in this whole situation. Or uh, when the migrant workers were just, um, you know, filling the train stations in Mumbai, no food. And the only vehicles allowed in were our little white four by fours with the red shield on it. That's and awesome. and we get to feed the migrant workers who are literally hungry. So my hope is that we find favor and we build on that, just as we do here in the United States. Amen. It's it's been wonderful to see the public favor towards the Salvation Army. Yeah. And, and we, we keep building on these are good stories for our future. And we want to be faithful in how we manage that trust in us. What is the greatest challenge facing the Salvation Army in 2022? Uh, I think there, there are several dimensions to, to that uh, question for me, and, and they play out differently as I look through uh, some lenses. I, uh, the first one is the same question that William Booth was concerned about. How do we minister in the age in which we are living? Mm. How, how does the Salvation Army in the U.S. Southern Territory remain faithful in the time that we are living and serving? Uh, so that's about the, the Salvation Army. It's about the Army of Salvation. Yeah. It is about the main thing remaining the main thing. That's why, as general, I'm tripping around the world talking about God's call to mission. Yeah. Uh, a call I feel is on, on the Salvation Army. Our world is becoming so secularized and yeah. becoming so uh, anti-biblical view uh, that it concerns me that there is less and less space for the value-added reality of faith. We have legislators and legislation all created without any context of a biblical view and often with, with extreme biblical illiteracy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how does the Salvation Army live in a secularized context and still be the army of salvation? Uh, the, the, these are just some of the challenges uh, that we face in these days. But God continues to be faithful. And I think that's the key element that emboldens me and countless others around the world. Well, sort of flipping that, what are yeah. the greatest opportunities that the Salvation Army has at the ah, present time? Goodness me. Uh, well, these, these are just bursting wherever I look. Now, some people might think I have my head in the sand, but I do get a panoramic view of the International Salvation Army. Uh, God uh, encourages and inspires me through that. But I think the opportunities is we still work in God's will and way 
out of an incredible position of strength. Yeah. We are financially sound. We are biblically sound. We have mission frameworks that stand the test of time. And we still have this very beautiful ability to just acknowledge need and turn all, all our resources towards that need. And as long as we're faithful in those things, the, the opportunities are unlimited. Listeners would like to know, I'm sure, that we, we continue to grow. Last year during COVID, we, we added 50,000 soldiers to our soldiers' role. And, and we lost very few. Uh, we, we just had a report at my office of the five new babies, the new openings in the Salvation Army. And we're looking very closely at three new countries within the next one to two years. So I, I'm hard-pressed to, to <laughs> not be excited about right. the Salvation Army and what's happening around the world. Uh, and please bear in mind, I do see the good and the bad. Mm. Uh, so this is a balanced response of optimism, of conviction that God has his hand of blessing yeah. upon us. Let me ask you a personal question. Um, what have you learned since being the general that you could not have learned otherwise? <laughs> that, that, that's ongoing. I, I, I love being surprised. And, and wherever we travel, uh, what we see, I am so often surprised. You do not know how many times I have said, I didn't know we did that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't know we were engaged in that way. I think the other thing that surprises me is how people can do so much with so little. Mm. I, I come from a Western context often in my thinking, and I apologize for that. But I, I see people doing so much with so little, and I am so impressed by them. I, I, I think the other thing is, I used the word resilience earlier, but I use it again when I refer to the operations of the army around the world. It's being led by people who are incredibly strong, incredibly full of faith, incredibly convicted about what God wants from them. And, and the army stands on, on these wonderful principles of faithful living. Um, I think I've learned a lot about me. I, I think I have to admit that for many, many years I tried to not leave my handprints on my appointments. I always thought I should come and go and do my best and empower people, raise people up. And I, I didn't want to leave my handprints. And over these last years of my international context, the Army has changed me. And I think I can't have the same conversations anymore. I don't talk about the weather, even though I live in London, England. Um, it's quick to the real heart issues of life and our world and the troubles in our world. I, I just I just speak differently. I think differently. And, and I think I've learned more about me than I ever could have in any other appointments I've held. As the general, I, I have called to uh, Colonel Pethibridge in Moldova, Eastern Europe Territory, who oversees our work in Ukraine. And I've asked them, you know, are our people okay? Um, do we need to get people out? Do we, how do we support them? And uh, I get this resounding reality that our officers are not going to leave. They're going to stay, mm. turning their homes and their halls into 
sleeping accommodations and sheltering realities. The difficulty we're facing at the moment is getting things to them yeah. so they can serve well. Never had a lot to begin with, and perhaps even less right now. So we, we are um, doing our very best to support every initiative there. And the world is being so responsive with their support. We're there to help. We're there to signpost people. And we're going to keep doing that as long as we can and in every appropriate way that we can. But more than anything, we're praying for resolve. Amen. We're praying for peace. And we're praying for a reconciliation of, of peoples and nations. Not just speaking for myself, so many of us have prayed fervently Amen. that uh, peace you. would prevail. Yeah. And, and again, it does make us proud to be part of the Salvation yeah. Army. Thank you for your leadership. Oh, bless you. Amen. General Petal, thank you for joining us today. We pray that you would join us in prayer for the international leader, for the international army, mm. and the work that continues to go on. Salvation is our middle name. It's our soul-saving why. Mm. Join us in that mission. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store and be sure to give us a rating. Just search for the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.